Steve, what is today's show brought to us by? Today's show is brought to you by the letter M, as in Mike's mom. All right, that'll do it. Welcome to the show. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I don't think I'm quite familiar with that phrase. I'll explain, and I'll use small words so that you'll be sure to understand, you warthog-faced buffoon. Go ahead. Make my day. I make this look good. You are now listening to the Nothing But Real Reviews and More podcast. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. This is Nothing But Real Reviews and More. And I am your host, Mike Lucas. And joining me always are my sidekicks, my partners in crime. Brent Frugier, say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. Aaron Cronican. Hello. And Steve Rushlaw. Hello, everybody. Matt McNeil is usually with us, but uh, apparently he is playing Dungeons and Dragons tonight. (laughs) (laughs) And that is more important than this, so... I see where we stand. Uh, we got a great show for everybody. Uh, actually, before I start, uh, we didn't do this last week. We need to say thank you to two people. Chi-Chi, first of all, for helping us out with our intro, as well as Jordan Binder uh, helping us out with the intro as well, and outro, both of them. So just a big round of applause for you guys. Just give it up for them. Thank you. All right. Uh, also, didn't do this last week. I know we're you know it's we're just kind of running by the the seat of our pants at this. We don't really know what we're doing, so uh, we're gonna pretend like we do. It's only episode two. We're yeah, good. it's episode two. We, we'll get better as the time goes. Uh, we just need to throw out our email out there. If anybody wants to send us an email, uh, it is lethargicmedia at gmail dot com and lethargic spelled like the word lethargic. <laughs> Again. Again, yeah. So we have a great show for you guys. Uh, first, we're going to get into movies and DVDs coming out into theaters and on DVD, like I just said. This week, uh, we got our gem of the week, picked by Brent Fruget, followed by our in-depth discussion and review of the movie, which was in Bruges. So, to start... In Bruges. It's, there's an S in it, isn't it? Isn't there? There is, but it's pronounced Bruges. So, to start everything off... <laughs> We're, it's There's an S. I'm going to say it because I'm an American. So to start everything off, let's look at the DVDs coming out this week. Aaron, will you help me out? Okay, for DVDs this week, we've got some that I've never heard of, some that I have. First is Jimmy's Hall. I haven't heard of that one. Uh, next is The Man from Uncle, starring Henry Cavill and Army Hammer, uh, the director of... <laughs> See Army Hammer? Yes. Name. That's the guy from The Lone Ranger. Uh, nobody saw that, so you don't remember that one. Nope. But, uh, this movie, The Man from Uncle, is directed by the same guy that directed the Sherlock Holmes movies. Um, that's what some of the more recent ones he did. Uh, I believe Snatch, Lock, Stock, and Smoking Barrels, whatever, Two Smoking. Yeah, you know. No, nothing. No, okay. nothing. I, I got right. you. Um, next is. Miru, haven't heard of that one either. Nobody, no significant actors. Uh, the Stanford Prison Experiment, haven't heard of this one. It's got Billy Kudrup in it. No, but that I has do, a really. Sorry. Yeah, uh, I do know about the story itself. Yeah. I have seen a movie. That probably it's the same thing uh, based it, on that experiment. Is it a documentary style? Do you? I mean, does this it look one, like it is? I don't know. Uh, I would assume not. Okay. <laughs> But no, that, the backstory is really crazy. Yes, you don't know about they it. They put a group of students into 
uh, a prison situation, basically a part, a group of the students is uh, in like portraying the, the actual prisoners, prison. and mm-hmm. the other group is portraying the authorities, and they're just seeing how that power or lack of power shapes their interactions. It's actually a really good story if they if they do it well. I watched a movie uh, based on the same thing called The Experiment with Forrest Whitaker and Adrian Brody that was not good at it, all. It Based on the same thing. I, huh. I just can't, I don't know why it failed, but it did for me anyways. Um, the other two major releases, according to what I'm looking at here, is Trash with Rooney Mara and Martin Sheen. Uh, some power behind the names. I've never heard of the movie. Uh, we Are Your Friends with Zac Efron and Emily Radkowski. That's how you say it. So it's a Zac Efron it's movie. I'll be some skipping some foreign that one, name, so. obviously. Uh, is that it for this week? That's it. Well, right. I mean, there are more, but those are the ones you. Those are the featured. Those, yeah, the <laughs> ones that you quote unquote need to know. All right. So coming out in theaters this week is the Thirty Three. Um, I'm not even sure what that one's about. You can't regift family. Or is that the tagline again? Did I do that again? That's, that's the tagline. <laughs> Damn it! The bottom. The Love bottom. the Coopers. I, I think that, dude, yeah. it's hard when I haven't even heard of these movies. Like I'm not looking forward. I don't think there's these, any major movies. These are this probably week. movies that are just limited release, probably in yeah. Los Angeles somewhere. By the Sea, uh, my All American. By the Sea. That's that is a major. That's uh, is Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. That's she directed that one. So that's I haven't heard good things about about it but at least it's got those two powerhouse names yeah involved um i heard that she's she's a good director but she can be very heavy-handed slow needy <laughs> yes but i mean so i mean you never know if it's good or not um i guess we'll just have to wait and see uh, and the last movie um well of major releases at least is heist and that one looks i don't even know any of the names in it <laughs> I mean, I do. I just I can't. It's a small picture. Yeah, a lot of these didn't get very good ratings on IMDb. No. And this is kind of weird, though, because it's about the time of the year where you would start seeing the movies coming out for, like, the Academy Awards. Uh, not quite. Those will be coming. Not just, quite yet. You think a few more we'll weeks? Get, yeah, yeah, they'll be coming. Yeah, see, this one had uh, the incomparable Dave Bautista and Robert De Niro. So... Who, who has been just <laughs> mailing it in for five years. You know. Whatever. All right. Uh, anything guys else you guys want to add about these movies here? No, no, no? I don't think right. so. Uh, that's yeah. Not looking forward to these movies on DVD nor coming out in theaters personally. So brings us to <coughs> Gem of the Week, and this one is brought to us by Brent Fruget. Uh I don't. He's kept this under wraps. So let's hear what it is. Tell us about it. You guys are going to judge me a little bit when I tell you who's in it. You're going to call me Shane, who is a friend of ours. But this movie is called Welcome to the Jungle with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Now, he's not the main person in this movie, and it's not a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie where it's like action. It's actually a comedy. It's pretty funny. Basically, what it's about is a people from an office, like a bunch of coworkers, go on like a retreat to like do trust building exercises and stuff like that and van damme is their guide well they lose van damme and they get stuck on the island and all sorts of stuff happens but it's called welcome to the jungle it's on netflix (laughs) but yeah that's the gem of the week 
Let me do some more research about this. He, this, I, I've seen this one. I believe it's, uh, I saw it on Netflix when I was searching through. And I think he came out with two movies. And I always confuse the two. One is Enemies Closer and Welcome to the Jungle came out right after each other. And is this the one where he's got the crazy haircut? Is this? Uh, or is that Enemies that Closer? That might be Enemies Closer. Yeah, he's got crazy gray hair. He's got short hair in oh, okay. this. No, this isn't it. Though. Yeah, this, was, this one came out in 2013. He's right there on the Enemies Closer there. Yeah, if you if yeah. you can look at it, click on the enemy's closer and take to. a look at his hair. Everybody that's listening, so like the one or two people that might be listening, <laughs> hey, you do know. yourself a favor and go look at John. It doesn't, it doesn't have his hair on enemies closer. No, it doesn't go, have a click picture. Click on the pictures. Oh, great! Now, if I hadn't thought of that, and now we have the twenty-minute uh, segment where does. we're looking for pictures. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it has like the Donald Trump hair. Almost. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> almost like. I like so. that. That's that's rad. Uh, it's kind of like a Willem Dafoe Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Visualize <laughs> that. <laughs> All right. So that's our gem of the week. Uh, if you guys want to, you know, pitch something to us for gem of the week, email us at lethargicmedia at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. That's spelled like legit lethargic. Lethargic. Eventually, uh, you are gonna have to spell it though, because yeah, I you know, if I'll I'll go with like five weeks without getting a single email because people won't know how to spell it, and then I'll finally start spelling it. Um, but oh, that brings us to in Bruges the review. I hate you so much. Okay, in Bruges. Thank you. The it's review. in Belgium. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so Steve, uh, you picked this movie this week. Tell us about it. Tell us why you picked it, um, and then we'll get into it. Uh, I picked this movie because uh, it's probably one of my top five movies I've seen. Uh, I like Colin Farrell a lot, so that's one of the reasons I picked it. And I just wanted to pick something for good acting. Okay. Okay. I, I honestly, I thought I had seen this movie completely. I had not. You want to, before we get into it, you want to give him the summary? Oh, yeah. yeah. Or I guess I can read it right off of here. Yeah. Uh, according to IMDb, it's got an 8.0. Uh, the summary is a guilt, uh, guilt-stricken after a job gone wrong. Hitman Ray and his partner await orders from their ruthless boss in Bruges, Belgium, the last place in the world Ray wants to be. Yeah. So, like I said, I I thought I had seen this movie completely. Turns out I never had. I had just gotten bits and pieces of it um, from you guys actually pulling up clips on YouTube and showing me and everything, and actually seeing the entire story front to back. It's a pretty good movie. I enjoyed it. I I agree with Steve. This I actually watching it. I think this is the same guy he wrote and directed it. Uh, he wrote and directed Seven Psychopaths. Uh, Martin McDonough, I believe, is how you pronounce it. I think after seeing In Bruges for this is probably like the fifteenth time I've seen the movie, I might like Seven Psychopaths more. But I do absolutely love In Bruges. Yeah, you can definitely see a lot of similarities between the two movies. Yeah, yeah, he mixes a fantastic story. You could separate this in between a fantastic story, a drama, uh, a character-driven story, and uh, just crazy British comedy. There's two parts, and he mixes it so well, and it works perfectly. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, uh, this is uh, going to be like the complete opposite of last week where it was a hate fest. I think this one's really going to be a love fest about this movie. Well, and 
you say that, but I don't think I like this movie as much as you guys. Aaron, I think you said maybe in your top five. I mean, you might have mentioned that, like uh, teasing it last know. week. I don't th- know. It's it's up there. I don't know. Top five now, if I think about it, I don't think so. But it's 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 high. It's definitely list. one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, not, and I thought it was a good movie. Um, a lot of movies, me, are visually because it's a visual medium. I mean, also, you also got like sound and everything, but some of the shots and how they were set up, it did bug me a little bit. That's an effing fairy tale. How's it not your thing? <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> um, like, at the very beginning, they they were doing, like, a tracking shot where uh, I believe it was Colin Farrell's character was walking, and the camera was, like, bumping up and down with every single step he took. And it just it bugged me. It was like, just put that on some tracks, track in, you'll be fine. It just make it make it a lot smoother. And I don't know. It's just one of the shots that just stood out to me. Uh, okay. I do not agree. I'm completely biased because I do love this movie, but I don't agree. I think the movie looks great visually. I think it does look great. You've got first of all, as their boss in the movie says, it's an effing fairy tale <laughs> village. It's you've got the bridges, you've got the canal through the streets, you've got the swans. Uh, but no, it, seriously though, I think it is a perfect place to offset these crazy, weird, hilarious at points personalities with this dull, boring, <laughs> but beautiful setting. I, I mean, I think I'm going to have to uh, disagree with you, Mike. I think throughout the whole movie, you're kind of thinking, oh, it's a drama. So you got the, the interaction between Ray and Ken and then Harry comes in. And so they're talking to each other, and you kind of feel what he's feeling. And then he also has the comedy driven in it. So I think it works out as a, a a full movie in itself. Well, no, and I'm not saying it doesn't. I just there were just particular scenes where I I think they could have done it better. And I'm not saying I could do better. I'm just saying like you're making a multi million dollar movie, buy some tracks and get it on a. Uh, I can't even think of the word of it. That could have been also he like was make a tracking shot. That he wanted a shot to be like that. That could have been something that he wanted. Yeah, and, and I it just didn't that. work out. Well, I mean, even if he wanted the the just the aesthetic of uh, having it bounce up and down, giving it more of a wonky feel. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure the thing he was trying to go for was a you're walking with him, and it was bouncing like you were walking with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I just. I felt like I could have done better, but no, that's what I was gonna say. I I don't know if I a hundred percent remember what scene you're talking about, but it's I'm gonna imagine it was just a POV shot where hey, a point of view shot where hey, this is well, it was right at the very beginning of the movie, and you see him walking. Um, and actually, I think they did it at the very end of the movie too. Uh, when what's what's his boss's name? Not Ray. Harry. Harry. Yeah, when Harry had the gun out. It was like tracking on the gun, and you could see like Ray in the background, and it was kind of just bouncing up and down. Like, I don't know. And I'm not, that doesn't take away from the movie. It's just, it was something I noticed. And when I notice something like that, I'm like, eh, dock it because it just bugs me. That's just my thoughts, at least. But I will say the writing and the comedy in the movie is throughout. There are repeated jokes. Yes. And he, it works. He will return to a joke. A joke that may have fallen flat by itself, they return to a joke 20 minutes later and connect it, and it's, it's smartly written. As Like, the drama in itself is 
like I said, could be a movie by itself without, take out the comedy, this could be a good drama. But then to be talented enough and smart enough to include these bits of comic relief, essentially, because this, the story itself would be just a, I Dry? Yeah, it would boring. be. It would be, but you got to throw these, and it's such a heavy... I, I don't want to spoil anything. Basically, something goes wrong on a job, like I said in the summary, and they're they're hiding out. Their boss Harry has sent them to Bruges because he thinks it's some fairy tale, yeah, and they're he, hiding out to get away from this job going wrong. I mean, you you kind of don't get that right away. That you don't really know why they're in Bruges. She's kind of just saying that they had to hide out in the first place. Yeah, the the characters really develop. Yeah, and it, uh, and it's absolutely. Not, there are no lines in there where it's like. Where you can obviously tell that the writer's trying to tell the audience something. It's like two characters in the movie you're communicating and you're learning yep. from what that they're telling. With real conversation. Exactly. Yep. And I I think that the writing is very good in this movie, like Seven Psychopaths. There's a lot of connections between the two movies. Yeah, like, you can tell it's the same guy for sure. Uh-huh. And, uh, the, way he, the way he writes, the way he fits the jokes in, in spots that who would think to put a joke in these situations? It's It's different for sure. Yeah, and... Uh, I was in Seven Psychopaths. You can kind of see he's writing a script, and you can kind of see what is happening, and they're mirroring each other. And it's kind of the same way in In Bruges too. Like they make a joke. Like <laughs> it's it's pronounced Bruges. Yeah, they do say that word. I know a lot in the movie. Yeah, but it has Not an S. And so I re- actually I think there's a joke about that in there somewhere. Anyways, uh, anyways, um, but they when they talk about. Uh, the, like the wine bottle yes you know? yes <laughs> the, uh, there's a joke about a wine bottle and then the wine bottle like pops up between an interaction between somebody later in the movie and it just it works perfectly because you're like i get it i, I saw this happen it's like this works i think that's kind of what aaron was also saying earlier that you have a uh, a line that somebody will say and then 20 minutes later it comes up and it and finally hits home of what, what he's talking about. Yeah, exactly. The, the alcoves joke, oh, which God. just fell flat the first time. It's just a silly joke that fell flat the first time. And they revisit it later, and it makes it hilarious. Yeah. I think that – I don't know if the director – is it this directed by the writer? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I was about to say I, – I don't know if the director did deserve much credit for this because I think the writer did a lot of the work, but it makes sense because yep. if it's the yep. same guy. Oh, yeah. So. I think – uh, some people, a lot of people, don't like Colin Farrell. You can see it all over the place. They don't, but I think he was absolutely perfect for this role. He's yeah. he's talented enough to pull off. He is the central character. He's this guilt-ridden, immature young guy that is the complete opposite of his friend Ken, who is the mature, older. Culturally experienced yeah. hitman, oh, and, yeah. and you kind of forget these are these are hitmen. These are people that kill people for a living. But there's such human characters that have been written that, that you you sympathize with them. And I don't think we mentioned that yet. It was in the summary, but uh, <laughs> they're hitmen. They're yeah. here hiding out because after they... a job gone wrong when they're trying to kill people. These, I mean, uh, Ken especially has been doing this for years he makes his living as a hitman so but the writer does 
a good enough job to make these characters human and somebody worth feeling bad for, worth investing the time to get to know them. But you, you totally don't feel bad for them, though. Like, you do, don't get me wrong, but when he's making fun of, um, I don't know how to put the little person, the dwarf. Dwarf. <laughs> you totally don't feel bad no, for no, Colin no, no, they're not, character they're, at no. all. I, I mean, I, and it's hard. It's so hard to to explain without any spoilers. So there's a in advance spoiler alert if any of us does. But there's a scene where he's talking about what went wrong, and he's basically <laughs> bearing his soul to Ken, saying this, uh, trying to get through these emotions, trying to deal with it, telling him what it's like. And in the middle of that, they're cracking jokes. So he's he's the writer is balancing the yeah comedy with the drama i think that's kind of what you were saying you're saying you don't really feel sorry for them and then uh ray starts talking to ken about what went wrong and he's crying so you kind of you start to feel bad for him in that in that situation but then they start cracking jokes during the whole thing so it's kind of a, a mixed emotions in that yeah and uh, like i said you don't feel bad for him because like he's such an unlikable guy but you totally do and i think I think the the writing works in weird ways because you you have these mixed emotions about this character. Um, another thing I wanted to bring up is the end of the movie made me mad. Like it didn't make me mad. It was just. Are you talking about Ken? Well, the the Ken part I'll get to it later. But if it's easier to discuss, we can do we can just go into it with spoilers and and give us. I mean, like no, I said. Okay. no, it's fine. <laughs> Um, but the the ending part when uh, Harry's talking with Ken, yeah, and it's it's a really weird relationship that you can see between them because I think it's because they've been together they for so long, respect each other so much, yet yeah. they despise each other. Yeah, exactly. Like, because and it, it's it, hard to say what they think of each other because it's just riddled with cuss words. Well, not even <laughs> but that. not even that. It's just it's like how do you how do you feel like? As a viewer, and like, they go into watching that, though. This. They go into if you catch they they tell you exactly why no, Ken I, thinks of him as this honorable person, but he he's the guy that's sending him around the world killing people. Yeah, I know, and then it's just you can see it's just it's hard for me to like grasp it. Like I don't know, I just I'm just trying to break it down, and it's hard. It is without saying because they're. It really, they're halfway through the movie. It reveals what went wrong, and it, without being able to talk about that, it's hard to talk about the movie and what these characters are going through and why things are happening. But uh, we'll just leave it at: there is tension between all three of these people for different reasons. But I think the writer does do a good enough job of working it out. Uh, at a, some people might think it's slow, but that's where that comedy is mixed in to break that monotony of this is what these people are doing they're working through these emotions of what went wrong but i think he does a good enough job to where you you do you piece it together you feel bad for him it's broken up with this comedy so you can laugh and it's not just so heavy of a movie i think the the comedy pieces of this movie the one-liners are absolutely fantastic we can't really say any of them because like i said it's so vulgar and completely yeah. Politically incorrect. <laughs> there are a, there's a lot of vulgar in the movie. There's a lot of um, I would I don't know like anti-Semitic <laughs> comments. It's a lot, uh, it's a lot racist, of racist. There's a lot racist. of racist and 
like you said, politically incorrect comments, yeah. that, especially on Colin Farrell's part. Racist. Yeah. And this movie may be accurate in some points, but it does not make Americans look great. <laughs> no. No, it does not. Even when he is bashing Americans while talking to a Canadian that he thinks is American. <laughs> <laughs> and you just like I said, you can find you can find so many reasons in this to not like Colin Farrell. But even this movie, I think, pushed it over the top. I'm like, I like him. Like, I like his work. I've seen just a few movies with him, but I might go out and watch more now. I've never been a Colin Farrell fan, but like Aaron was saying, he was perfect for this role. And I mean, I guess in role, like, he was almost like a little kid at points. Like, you know, when Ken wanted to go see stuff, you know, you got... Ray, I think, is his name yeah. in the movie. He's, like, dragging his feet. He's like, oh, do I gotta? And he's like, no, you don't. And they just fight about that. But, like, he's perfect for this movie. Like, I've never been a fan of his, but, like, him in this movie, if he did movies like this, I would watch more. Like, Seven Psychopaths in this movie. He's in both of those movies, mm-hmm. and he's fantastic in both of them. Yeah. It's a very good combination, uh, Colin Farrell and this director, like, writer-director. Well, and I don't think – the I think the reason it worked so well with Colin Farrell and him being – this childish character is because you have Brendan Gleeson to balance him because he, he kind of brings it down to earth. He's he's the one that's logical. He's the one that thinks things through. He's the one that is there to do what they're supposed to do, stay hidden and just wait it out. Uh, but I think without him, I don't know if maybe Colin Farrell's character would just seem cheesy and childish, but I think it works with both of them. Yeah, what did you guys think of the uh, the? Uh, it's not really a female lead, but like the f- female in the movie, the the one main girl, the one that was. A Are you producer? talking about Marie or the uh, not his, Marie, the one not, he goes on a date one, with? Yeah, the one okay. he goes on a date with. What do you think of her? In what way? The the acting, the you the tell character. Me. You tell me. Like I, she wasn't. I mean, she did a good job, I guess, but she wasn't really anything special. You could, it was pretty much like just a plug-in part. You could put almost anybody there who can do that accent. <laughs> yeah, I thought she was really pretty at first, and then later on in the movie, as it progressed, I was like, oh, maybe not so pretty. I think it might have been the 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 scene that set up when you first see her. They have it, the light shining on her. So it might have just been that scene. Like an 80s glamour shot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they had her hair blown with yeah, the light. In the middle of Bruges, no dark cobblestone straights. Her hair is blown behind her. I think it's pronounced Bruges, though. Uh, yeah, I think we should look that up. Yeah, we probably should. <laughs> no, it's Bruges. It's in Belgium. Yeah. <laughs> it's a magical place. Anyway, anything you guys want to keep going on with? or? Uh, I will just mention one line that I found hilarious that's not even that funny and it's not even that great of a line <laughs> but uh at one point their boss harry is there uh and he's got a gun and some these they're in a basically a confrontation and the this hotel owner says why don't you guys just put your guns down and go home and he looks at her with just contempt and says don't be stupid that's the shootout <laughs> line makes a lot more sense in the movie yeah it's but just, no, it's it's just funny, a line though. like little lines like that in no real situation would somebody say this is the shootout or like, I, I actually think that that particular scene might be one of my oh. favorite scenes in the whole movie yeah, you know, absolutely and I don't think we're doing the movie justice because there's so many like I think the funniest part of a comedy is when you like notice things in the background or you notice yeah, side yeah. things that you 
the writer totally intended. Little things that they're not just throwing into your face, but you notice them. And exactly. And there's so much throughout this movie. The, it's not really a spoiler. There's just one line that it's my favorite line in the movie, so I just have to mention it. But when Harry, the boss, is on the phone and he oh. gets mad and he starts <laughs> slamming the phone, his wife comes in and she's like, calm down, it's an inanimate object. He's like, you're an effing inanimate object. And then later he's like, I'm sorry I called you an inanimate object. <laughs> I do love that movie, that part. The, in- I, the entire movie has just great, I don't know, one-liners? They're not even one-liners, but they can be one-liners. I don't know. I think it's time to rate it. Okay. Should we start uh, our – Matt McNeil is not here. He did send us his rating. Yeah, he did He did watch the movie, and he did – Rate it. So we'll start with his. His rating is a seven. And unfortunately, we don't know why he <laughs> rated it that way. Like he just said, "Hey, my number's a seven. He's too busy to play Dungeons and Dragons to go into any yeah. detail about that, like that seven rating. But his rating is a seven. What's yours, Brent? Um, I give this movie an, about eight inanimate objects. <laughs> I, uh, I do love this movie. I have to go eight point two five. Just to 8. go a little 25. higher than Brent. 8.25. <laughs> what a one-upper. Yeah. See? Um, I hate to do this, but I'm going to one-up Aaron, and I'm going to give it an 8.5. And, uh, and I, I'm i not sure. I'm still debating. Like Last week, I, I gave uh, the birdcage a 5. And I'm like, this week, I was like, no. I should have gave that way less. I should have gave it like a 4, I, maybe a 3.5. Yeah, I agree, because that's what I was thinking. When thinking of this rating, I was like, if this is an 8.5 and – the birdcage, what was the average we gave it? Like a four and a half? Yeah. I think the two movies compared side by side for ratings, the birdcage should have been a lot lower. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to give this one way too much credit yeah. and give it a higher, but eight and 8.25 is yeah. a good score. For so I, I think I'm going to go ahead and just give this one, uh, I'd say seven and a half. Um, would you all watch it? I mean, again. I'd watch it. Multi- I've seen it at least three or four times, so I'd uh, watch I've, it definitely I've again. I've seen it at least ten times, and I would watch it ten times tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> this is the second time I've seen the movie. I'd watch it again. It's it's worth multiple watches for just for the reason you said, where you can pick up things in the background. Yeah, and I, this is the first real time that I've seen it, and I would definitely watch it again. Um, so in averaging out those uh, scores that we gave it, it comes to a seven point eight five. Which is kind of on par with what IMDb gives it. It's about an 8.0. I think that's a good score overall. Yeah, and I think it's fair. It's not the greatest movie out there, but it is definitely worth a watch. Um, and I, I guess that's the best way to it's put it. It's its own brand of comedy. So don't go into it thinking it's some kind of slapstick. Yeah. Uh, like Mike here, he's a big fan of 21 Jump Street. The it's on the opposite end of the ever. spectrum of comedy. It's yeah. definitely more subdued. It's definitely it's smart comedy, but it's still it's funny. It's just not slapstick, silly. It's it's its own unique brand of comedy. So if you don't like it, tell us why. If you do love it, tell us why. Give us some feedback. Tell us if you yeah. agree. Again, our email is lethargicmedia at gmail.com. Lethargic spelled like lethargic. Um, unfortunately, McNeil wasn't here to fit some sort of Star Wars reference into this one, so I was kind of looking forward to that because he gets one into every movie. Yeah, yeah, we've had multiple Star Wars references um, in the six pilots and the first show, at least. So, unfortunately, our Star Wars fans out there won't get a Star Wars reference in this one aside from us referencing he would reference so, Star so Wars. So those listening... 
have a few things to base their opinion of McNeil, Matt McNeil off. <laughs> First of all, he fits every Star Wars reference he can, and he's missing review to play Dungeons and Dragons. So, so paint that picture in your mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we should we should like create like a. We're working on a website. Um, it's slowly but surely coming. Um, but on the website, we should do like a, a about us section, <laughs> and then just put like commandeer Matt McNeil's and just put oh. every Star Wars and. Are we gonna post this anywhere besides our website? This will be on SoundCloud um, currently, as well as we're trying to get it onto iTunes as soon as we get a website. It's once we get a website going in an uh, an RS feed or an RSS feed, whatever the heck it's called. Um, it'll be a lot easier. All right. So it's just, it's a lot of work at the very beginning. Um, stay tuned, friends. Yeah, stay tuned, everybody. Um, so next week, uh, Matt McNeil is actually the one supposed to be picking the movie, so he missed an excellent show to miss. Uh, the movie next week is Bernie. It is the 2011 comedy starring Yak Black um, in small town Texas in affordable... Mortician strikes up a friendship with a wealthy widow, though when he's, when she starts to become controlling, he goes to great lengths to separate himself from her grasp. Has any of you guys seen this movie? Or have? <laughs> I don't think anybody here <laughs> has seen it. Yeah, I've never seen it. No, it's been in my Netflix queue since uh, it came it, on to yeah. Netflix. <laughs> I have not. I, it seems like something I would want to see. Good actors. Uh, it's got good reviews but every time i sit down to watch something i skip right past it <laughs> yeah that, that's how it is for me it's one of the movies that you want to see but you find something better to watch yeah but, i have never seen it and honestly but that's that might be a good this might be our oh, yeah. first review no i guess none of us had seen the birdcage but god there was a reason uh this one might be the <laughs> first one that none of us have seen that we might enjoy and have a, a good review of yeah so Anything else you guys want to add before we close the show? I don't think so. No? Tell your friends. All right, everybody. Thank you for (laughs) listening. Um, Send us an email. Have a great night, everybody. Aaron, hit us with that one more time. Tell your friends. Hey, guys. Oh, big gulps, huh? All right. Well, see you later. Good day, sir. Sir, I said good day. Yeah. See ya. Hasta la vista, baby. This has been the Nothing But Real Reviews and More podcast. A special thanks to Jordan Binder. Yeah. Linger, man. Yeah, totally. Linger. Hardcore.